Welcome, everyone, to the Brandology Podcast. We want this to be something that we ourselves find value in and want to listen to. I'm your host, Mark Mosier. Alongside me is co-host David Morrow. Each episode, we explore leadership, culture, brands, and interview leading business professionals and civic leaders. We also play brand culture trivia against our guests to make the experience entertaining and fun. So come join us and enjoy. And please don't forget to download the episodes and leave us a review. Thanks. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody, to Brandology Podcast, the 2021 Brandology Leadership Summit. Mark, how are you, sir? I'm wonderful today, David. Excited about this panel here. This is really, really going to be some good stuff. This is exciting stuff. So today we are going to do the uh, panel discussion. This is uh, one of the parts of the uh, Leadership Summit series that we have going, and uh, we are very excited. So uh, today we have Amy Torres, Kylie Foster, Laura Bailey, Christy Ballard, and welcome everyone. Hello. Thank you. Hello. Thank you guys all for each individually for taking the time joining us, you know, giving the uh, insight, your perspective on uh, all of the leadership challenges, which are absolutely unique today compared to uh, other times that we've all experienced. David, just one quick housekeeping note. Um, Before you speak, if you'll just say your first name so the listeners know who's answering the question is really important. So we want to make sure to give you credit for all the great wisdom you share. (laughs) Right, because we can always always tell when I'm speaking because there's always awe and um and then whenever oh yeah don't no don't think i don't listen to this myself i hear i hear it i know you've all been like yeah morrow's okay but boy he's gotta stop saying um yeah we know we know we're well aware. we're working on it i'm working on it gonna call up a speech therapist pretty soon yes and uh and mark uh you know whenever there's a quote from 1940 i know that's you that's I'm your guy. I'm your guy. English leather, yeah, diners yeah. club card, whatever diners it may be. Diners club mention of Barbasol, whatever it is, that's you, man. So, okay, great. Well, let's get right into it. So, um, we're gonna uh, do the panel discussion right now. We're gonna address some key questions that have filtered up uh, through various organizations and get the panelists' insight in those. And then um, at the end of this. Uh, uh, panel discussion, there's going to be each one of your individual presentations. And we urge the listeners to please listen to each one because every single one of them has unique insight. They're excellent. And we thank you all for your contribution. So my first question to the panel is, as a leader, how do you mentor and inspire younger workers to believe what you believe in? Whoever wants to take that first. I'll jump in, David. Amy here. Um, you know, find out what their passions are and then align their passions with your organization. And if their passion does not lie in your organization, show them a roadmap through your organization to their next opportunity. I always tell people you should be building on what you're going to be doing for the future. And typically, when you're hiring a young person, they're not going to retire with your company. They are going to be on a path to something down the road. A very good point. Yeah, because gone are the days of plugging into a large company and putting in your 30 years and getting your gold watch and retiring right. from that company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Laura uh, here. Um, I think a lot of that too, Amy had a great point. And I think a lot of that is also showing that genuine care 
for their growth in that company. I think a lot of times um, younger people come in, and like you said, they're, they're not invested in the company for the rest of their career or life, um, but they want to know that you're invested in them. So by taking time to truly show that you care and it's genuine, uh, you can tell when people are being genuine with you and when they're just, they're trying to get something out of you. And I think that being able to show them that you're genuine and really care about what's gonna happen to them, whether they're with the company or not, showing you care about them as an individual um, really gives them that motivation to buy that buy-in with the company yeah. and what you're trying to show them. That's an excellent point. Yeah, that makes so really empathy, good sense. Empathy, yes. authenticity, right? Yeah, I agree with that, Laura. Uh, Kylie here. I think um, I tend to be very curious by nature. And so you automatically put yourself in a position to be a mentor when you're curious about people's personal goals yep. and just not assuming um, that uh, they have similar goals as yourself and asking lots of questions and really trying to listen um, to what their goals are and, and helping them set a path um, to accomplish those is, is one way to uh, really be a good advocate for them. Yep. Excellent. Yep. The only thing I was going to add, um, all of that, I completely agree with. And there is something I've used before and I have, I, I don't use it every time with everybody, but growth plans, uh, there, there are growth plans and I am definitely a person that likes to work from a plan. And if I have anyone that I can tell is, especially if they're not being, they're not able to see the big picture, uh, like where this is leading them. I like to do a growth plan with them so that I can help them to be able to see the big picture. And that gives us actionables and targets, so to speak, in the meantime, to help make progress. And hopefully that gives them a sense of accomplishment that they're working towards whatever that dream or that passion or that goal may be a lot of times they don't even know really what it is that they want <laughs> so right. they no, just know they want more they just they know they want more but they don't know exactly what and so it i've learned it's helped a lot with helping them think through it um but and that you, and, you, and, mm -hmm. and you are christy ballard just oh my gosh, and I totally <laughs> leave it to just me you know. to not say my name. Part I know. Our, part of our growth plan here at Brandology is that Podcast you say your name. <laughs> that we, we let people know who's speaking. Thank so, you. No, that's, that, a really, that's a really good that's a really yeah. good point, right? Because you know, balancing out what Amy said earlier, while they're not gonna stay 30 years, do they have a realistic timeline, right? Because yeah. I have mm -hmm. I've managed a lot of millennials, Gen Z younger people and and so often I'm approached and they're like you know I'm thinking of I think I might move on right and 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 I'm like and I'm like why and you know you're doing great and they said well I just don't feel like I'm making an impact and I'm like you know you've been here eight months right like <laughs> like literally like you 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 see the mountaintop but you don't realize that you have to climb it right and, and I'm not talking about paying your dues, right? You can take a helicopter to the mountaintop, you can walk up by foot, like you, you can go fast, you can go slow, but you still have to do it, right? And so mm -hmm. to make an impact, it still requires certain life experiences and things like that. However you wanna do it is fine. You can do it here, you can do it fast, you can do it slow, do it at your pace, but but it's it's still that challenge. And, and, and keeping younger professionals happy 
is not just about free food and bean bags. Right. Like that's not what it's it's not open right. plan. Like that doesn't they still leave, right? That's yeah. not going to do it. Well, that's it's a really- that's a good that's a let's let's frame that up into a scenario, David. Let's um so say let's let's take a scenario and say you are a younger member of an organization and that you do want to make an impact like you said, but you've you've only been there for say a year. And you're starting right. to get a little frustrated. I would pose this to the panel. What advice would you have for somebody in that situation? Great I question. can go. It's Kylie. Um, you know, I think we're in this society of instant gratification, and so it may yes. not be um, <laughs> their fault necessarily. Um, you know, that's just the expectation these days. And I think. I would stress the importance of learning every single department within an organization and taking the skills that are required to be successful in that department with you and be patient so that when you become you're the future leader that you want to be, you've really learned a lot of the hurdles that your colleagues are going to accomplish. Um, you know, it's it's um, okay to have a voice and to have goals, but uh, really taking the opportunity to learn every level um, through the admin side to the technical side to the media side um, that's a privilege and so often we want to speed past it and it makes us weaker leaders in my mind because we've not um, had some of the difficulties that you often encounter by being patient and uh, learning the ropes yeah excellent kylie i could not agree with you more it's laura um I could not agree with you more 110%. It seems like it's getting worse and worse with that instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some of these issues and, you know, I think everyone does. They see it with younger generations, um, people entering the workforce for the first time in generations. And, you know, these issues that we have, I bring up to my parents and they're like, well, they would never get away with that back when, you know, in the day when we were doing this. And I thought, oh my gosh, what has changed so much? And the biggest thing is, yes, um, David, you brought up, you know, well, you've only been here eight months. What do you expect to do in that time? And I, I think it's frustrating for the people on the other end who have been there for 15, 20 years, and they have learned all those different departments. They've learned all the aspect, you know, different aspects of the business. We have someone coming in and they want to take over and they want to make a big change, which is great, right? We all want to do that. But it's it's patience and a plan, the two Ps, that I say it's just, it's lacking anymore. You have to have patience to be able to do all of that. And a plan, um, like Christy was talking about, you just have to have a plan. So many people are jumping right into this and they want that instant gratification. And if they get it or don't get it, they leave. They don't want to stick around. They get frustrated. And it's not the company's fault, but you know, it's just kind of the mentality that a lot of people have coming into this anymore. Um, and it's unfortunate because I feel like it is something over the past 10 years that's just progressively, you know, hitting us a little bit harder. Well, yeah. well, it, it goes to parenting strategies, right? Uh, that people my age and my brother's age, 10 years older than me, uh, used, right? And um, a lot of psychologists would say they were fa- failed parenting strategies. I beg to differ. Um, <laughs> but, but a lot of it is also just technology has had a big factor. Isn't it like, you know, they're growing up and I'm saying they I'm making a sweeping generalization. Right. But but in general, they're growing up not even having to meet and date one on one. They don't like they just swipe left. They just swipe right. Like it's a whole different instant gratification. And that's not the world that they enter. 
right? Because the moment they enter, they're entering a world that has never swiped left and swiped right. And we develop things over time and there's life experiences and trauma bonds and all those things that have to occur. I agree with you, Russ. This is Amy. I have raised a millennial daughter and I was telling her, <laughs> You want to set yourself apart and grow quickly, strong work ethic, be reliable and show up. Right. And that's, that's great how you advice. Think. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly right. It's old fashioned, but she sticks out and she notices it and she calls to complain about some of her peers sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. That's, that's, that's fantastic. So, okay. So one of the other questions um, that, that, that we have that's filtered up is looking back five to 10 years, right? Um, is there anything that you individually would have done differently? Good question. It's Amy here, I'll jump in. Invest in software quicker. <laughs> there you go. Interesting. <laughs> it's good Interesting. But there's so many marketing tools available and just making life easier for yourself and your employees. Find those tools that work and then invest and take the leap. Don't and it can be a challenge for organizations, especially <laughs> smaller organizations, because it's an expense they didn't used to have, mm-hmm. right? And so it's it's different when you're looking at, well, do I go with this vendor or this vendor? Well, this one has this features and benefits, this one has this. But when you don't normally pay for it, and now you have to spend thousands of dollars, people can say, well, it's always worked this way. Right? We've always done it this way. Why don't we just keep keep on keeping on and we don't have to spend thousands of dollars? That's exactly uh, right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Laura. No, you're fine. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's Kylie. Um, you know, I think hindsight, obviously, this is a catchphrase, but um, we all would do things differently, whether it be professionally or personally. So I don't spend a ton of energy focusing on the past. Uh, but what I do is use the decisions I made in the past to um, assist me in making decisions today. And gosh, some examples I can think of, you know, I was extremely eager in some of my earlier jobs and I would take on heavy workloads with maybe unrealistic time um, lines. And so that created a culture uh, for my team and myself that um, created unhappiness, stressfulness. Um, The job might have been subpar. And so it kind of relates back to what we were discussing earlier, just learning from some of those decisions. And while my expectations are always extremely high still, um, I try to be mindful of setting realistic goals Um, being honest with myself and my team on what we can and cannot accomplish and just um, really using the past to um, dictate how I make business decisions in the future. Um, So wouldn't probably change anything, even though some things hurt, but um, that's the part of growing up and, you know, working hard, um, like was mentioned before and and just grinding it out. So, yep, yep. I agree with that. Not spending a lot of, I like how you put that, not spending a lot of energy kind of looking back um, on that. I think this past year with the pandemic has given us a lot of extra time to kind of reevaluate and think of things. Um, David and Mark, when I did my individual podcast with you guys, we were talking a little bit about the restaurant industry and um, my future career potentially being like a recruiter or someone that's like a bridge in the community. Um, 
looking back, you know, after that conversation, I really started evaluating thinking, gosh, why, what am I waiting for? You know, this, this is an opportune time. And that's something I haven't really done the past five or 10 years. I just kind of waited for an opportunity to fall into my lap, which I've been fortunate to have. Um, but I actually recently acccepted a position with the Chamber of Commerce in Fishers. Wow. Which that's is awesome. doing exactly that's, that. That's exactly what that's awesome. what after exa we spoke. exactly. And it again, it was had I not had sat down and just taken time to evaluate my career and where I wanted to be and really just mentally get in that space, I would have missed that opportunity. So and one I of the benefits of the Brandology podcast <laughs> yes. is career counseling. Your Changing life lives choices. one day at a time. Exactly. Changing <laughs> lives one interview at a time. Exactly. And That's it's awesome. it's given me my weekends back. It's giving me my evenings back with my That's family. Fantastic. And I think if anything, this past year has taught all of us, no matter what position you're in, is time is something you can't get back. Well, and I remember us. when we spoke after that interview or during the interview and we and we said, you know, what you're describing when we, we asked you kind of what is your ideal or something like that. I forget what the question was. Yeah. Um, but it, but the way you described it, I'm like, that's a recruiter. Like your passion is in recruiting and developing those relationships. Mm -hmm. And 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 as soon as we kind of said that, I could see your your face lit up and you were like, that's it. You're like, that's what yes. I need to do. You're right. Yes. And it's, cool. it's one of those things again, at that kind of, you know, this past year, five to 10 years ago, this past, you know, I just kind of went with the flow and then right. you would have just stayed until you met a recruiter that came right. into the restaurant. Right. right? right. Exactly. And, <laughs> and one of the things the past, you know, five or 10 years is taking that initiative. You know, it's yeah. that you can always look for opportunities, but you really just have to take the initiative on it. So that's just something in recent times that, I wouldn't have done five to 10 years ago. That's great. Well, and life goes by fast. You can't wait. It does. It you does. Know. Right. That's cool. So thank you guys. Very cool. <laughs> For my new career. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great news. So my name is Christy Ballard. There she is. <laughs> great segue. <laughs> <laughs> and I reflect on my day at the end of the day every day. <clears throat> so it's hard for me to like look back like sum it up in five to ten years that's that's mm -hmm. kind of hard for me to do um but when i when i think about it i would say connection which i hear a lot of what laura said and and kylie and amy it's very similar in in, in my opinion it's just there's more time for connection and instead of me being on my own agenda of what i thought needed to be my priority or where i needed to focus my energy in that moment or that day I've noticed that recently, like the past year, 2020, that I am starting to be more patient, be more thoughtful, um, be more engaged with who I'm with and listen, like truly, truly listen. Mm -hmm. And it's changed everything about everything mm -hmm. of how we do things. And I couldn't agree more. Yes. I, I, I think I have the, the same vision as you is I've so, always listened to respond, right? Right, <laughs> right. It's just the lawyer in me, just like, no. Wait, listen, do I have a solution is, for you? Yeah, I hear yeah. you, but yeah, yeah, I hear you, but this is the way it's gotta be, right? No, like, no. yeah, but genuinely listening just to absorb it mm -hmm. and then to think about it. And I've, I've been doing that lately and I've been learning so much more. 
Well, everybody kind of brought up like lesson lessons learned, or, or as we look back five or ten years, everybody seemed to kind of gravitate towards this past year. Would I'd present this to the panel? Is there any <laughs> one lesson that was impactful or stood out the most, or the most important to you? Just one lesson you learned from twenty twenty, whatever it may relate to. I'm happy to go. It's Kylie. Um, lots of lessons, some of them harder than others, but uh, one unique one is I think I found out that you can give 110%, but sometimes that's not enough. And oh, that's interesting. You know, if you like to win, I really like to win. I've, I've been involved in athletics my whole life and, um, you know, I felt like I gave it all um, I could give in 2020 and goals were still not accomplished. And that's tough, um, but you have to kind of reflect on circumstances outside of your control and figure out, you know, again, where do you spend your energy, your time, um, and just um, reflecting on that kind of made me think, oh goodness, you know, I didn't know that that was possible, that, you know, you could still fail. So I just encourage anyone who had a rough year um, to continue to pick yourself up. And again, Laura, like you look for new opportunities and um, continue to make great connections uh, because there are a lot of opportunities out there. But um, that's something I learned, you know, in 2020. It's a good lesson. Great point. Who else? This is Christy. I just wanted to say to uh, learn new things. That's been a focus for me is an area that I may not be as solid to get over that uh, lack of confidence by gaining knowledge and then gaining experience and becoming confident. Uh, my area is sales and marketing. I'm a senior VP of sales and marketing, but the marketing part has always been a little loose because I'm more of a sales expert and I've always had a department, a marketing department right. that supported us. And it was a combination of what happened last year along with my role with Solstice. We don't have an internal marketing department and we partner with vendors. And mm -hmm. so to hold accountability and to maximize a return on investment, you need to learn those things. And I've really had to just hunker down and learn all the ins and outs of digital advertising, social media, wow. uh, you know, what is a Google tag manager, you know, just all these things <laughs> right. that I did not know before. And so learning new things has been huge for me. That's, That's a good question. Yeah. Christy, do you think that'll continue for you over yes. time? It's just, it's a lesson that you'll continue to do. Oh, absolutely. I'm like addicted now because I, now, now that I have this information and I know, I feel like I know enough to be dangerous. It's, you know, it's, it's like and vendors, they, they will tell you, they're like, you push us harder than any other client we have. That means you're doing really good at what you're supposed to be doing. That's exactly right. Yeah. Excellent. And I asked that because I'm also in sales currently. Um, before I transition to this new position and um, kind of taking with what both Kylie said, obviously the 110% isn't happening with our sales goals. <laughs> We've had a drastically kind of pullback. Um, and I think also with Christy is learn new ways to cope with that, learn new ways to survive. Um, we're right. all survivors. We're all here talking about our experience. We've all made it past 2020 and mm -hmm. uh, all of us have taken a hit in some form or other. And I think 
using that creativity um, we've all had to kind of formulate a new plan to do what we did, but just in a different way. Um, I think has been really helpful. And Christy, like you said, just learning new things, learning new aspects of things, mm -hmm. learning different ways to grow has been really helpful also with the expectation, like Kylie said, um, of just knowing what realistically, you know, you can accomplish. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Laura. Oh my gosh. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, there's always one in the group. There's always one. It's usually yeah. me. <laughs> Well, this whole new video thing is new to me, David and Mark. Thank you for inviting me on the show. You know, I had never done things like this before, and it's so um, enjoyable to meet um, all of the ladies on the call. And I just always gain something from connecting with um, leaders in different industries. So 2020 brought that forward. That's a really good point. That kind of gets into like one of the last, the uh, our last question for the panel. And that is, what is the biggest technology disruptor you see coming in either your industry or your field or in light of COVID? I mean, obviously, Zoom and Zoom. Office, you know, Teams and Google, you know, Google Video, whatever Google's version of, of it is. I forgot. Uh, they Google changed Meet. it a couple times. Google Meet. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it, they're all, they all work pretty seamlessly. And, uh, you know, I mean, before, Mark, you and I used to leverage, because you're in Kentucky, I'm in Indiana, you and I used to leverage video meetings, yeah, yeah. video platforms, so that we could just scale, so that we could cover more geographical yeah. territory, right? But it wasn't always accepted by clients. They were like, well, why don't you want to meet in person? And I'm like, right. this is meeting in person. Like, this is, this is us, right? This is who we are. You can't smell us, but other than that, like <laughs> that's us. You see it, you hear it, you're experiencing it. And yeah. so, um, what I think you just an answered the panel's question. <laughs> I think beside I think video, beside video, video, I don't know. What is, is the biggest technology disruptor disruptor you see coming in your industry field? Okay, for networking, um, I have seen this, and I bought one. Um, it's called Link. L-I-N-Q, and I know there's like three or four other brands that are similar to it. It is an actual business card size card that you can scan a, on someone's phone. You meet someone at a networking event, they take a picture of it, and it brings up all your social media sites, your work address, your email. You can schedule an wow. appointment with people, and then now it's available as like an iPhone watch band. So you can actually just hold that up to somebody's phone, and it brings up like this whole profile um, wow. that, and, and I've, like I said, there's like a few different, you know, brands available, but you can get L -I -N -Q? it. L-I-N-Q? L-I-N-Q. And I think the website's like linkapp.com. Yes. Um, but I mean, they're, they're relatively inexpensive. You know, the, the watch bands are like $34. The business card itself, it's pretty generic, but it basically has like a QR code on there. Someone takes a picture of with their smartphone and you basically build, it's like your own little website that has all the social media icons, your it work email. All, it's like your brand, your It's your brand, brand all right there. That's and you don't right. have to get business Holy cards. Cow. Yeah, I it's believe amazing. I not know about this. It's amazing. I saw it on Instagram or I'm something. I'm like, right oh, now. and it's really easy to use and leverage. Um, as a millennial, I know technology is kind of just... <laughs> kind of in me um i've grown up with it but it's really easy to use and um, i don't have to get you know if ever i forget my business cards 
or run out or, you know, getting new ones made, whatever the case is, I always have that. And if you have it like on your watch band, that goes with me everywhere. So anytime I'm out, I can make a, a connection. You can schedule an appointment with me, a follow-up, any of that stuff. So it's really cool. Well, well, well. Yeah, with social distancing and maybe not wanting to physically touch somebody's business. Right. Card, that's Simplifying really cool. the process, which is great for the customer too. Well, yeah, absolutely. I, I can't believe there's a new gadget that I don't know about. <laughs> How do you not have this thing? I, I, I'm sorry, I got distracted. I'll have to. <laughs> It's I'll pretty, it's pretty neat though. I'll be busy it's, shopping it's, tonight. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. You can customize them. And, you can even um, get it for the Apple Watch. So you yeah. can get the band, have your band be the link band. piece. Mm-hmm. And it'll attach to your Apple Watch. Yep, you can get just bracelets. In case, just in case anybody that works with me wants to get me a gift. Yeah. <laughs> I knew where you were going with that. Just saying, just saying, man. <laughs> well, again, Kylie, cool. you know, something outside of technology, um, I tend to run in the environmental and industrial circles. Yeah. So if you're a millennial or um, Gen X or Y, you know, um, I'm starting to see a lot of robotics in our industry. Oh, so I do nice. circle mm-hmm. around sales and marketing. But um, so often a lot of the jobs that required manual labor um, are being replaced with robotics. and. Yeah. It's a little discouraging for those that have those um, responsibilities, Uh, but it's also encouraging because there's going to be more work in the engineering of those robotics. The I think um, it's only discouraging. That's a great look. That is something that you know. It's something that petrifies people, right? They've worked for they've worked in a factory for 25 years. They've given their heart, sweat, and tears to a company, right? And their fear is to be you know, replaced by a robot. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the technology that's evil or that's the issue, right? Because it's logical, mm-hmm. right? But it's really an issue of how does the company handle it, right? right. Mm-hmm. Are they making decisions? Again, it gets back to culture. Is the company making a decision based on Excel spreadsheet, right? Mm-hmm. That says, right. Well, we could save this by cutting these people, right? right? Which is really a newer phenomenon that didn't used to happen pre 80s and 90s which were boom years so so really you know cutting you know i i love barry you know i i love uh bob chapman and barry waymiller and how when times are tough they don't let people go they all take pay cuts everybody tighten their belt right and everybody tightens Mm -hmm. their belt Right. right because they value people over profit um, so I think it gets back to culture, meaning, meaning, yeah, you're not going to be able to stamp this anymore. We, we have a machine that's going to be able to do right. this, but we're going to train you on how to run a series of these machines, mm-hmm. right? And now you have a new role. You have to right. be open-minded and be able to adapt to that new role, mm-hmm. right? But you now have a new role well, and, 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 and a skill set on a software, which frankly, you can take and move on to even more money somewhere else if you wanted to, right? True, true. Yeah, exactly right. And I think it comes from a place of safety. I mean, that's the Mm -hmm. main reason why the decision is being made. And so 
when you talk to those team members and relay that, you know, it's really about creating safer work environments. There's, there's never a shortage of wisdom. So making sure that those tenured employees have a place with your company and they can pass down the wisdom um, creates a good legacy. And um, so just, you know, a change I see that could be coming and hopefully we'll handle it and navigate it the right way so that everybody wins. That's this is Christy. That's how we're using uh, technology is to not only help us on the marketing front, but to help us with safety. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I was going to say, Kylie, is safety. Uh, you know, so we have invested in, you know, touchless temperature scanners that will also mm-hmm. remind you to put your mask on <laughs> if, it, <laughs> if, it, if it detects that your wow. mask is not on. We have electrostatic touchless sprayers. We have uh, ionized air pur- purification, filtration, filtration systems. (laughs) We have, you know, all these things we've invested in because we work with the older population Mm -hmm. and we need to make sure that we are spending money to invest in this technology, to do the right thing and to take better care of our residents and our family members and staff. It's the right thing to do. And thankfully our company looks at it that way. Yep. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, Amy here, and marketing is always changing, and there's big changes coming this year with Google and third-party uh, cookies, right? So it's going to change the way we buy digital. Um, Apple's going to limit the number of ads that our, their customers are fed on their iPhones this year from Facebook. So if you're a business owner placing ads and buying digital marketing, you definitely have to stay on top of that. As Christy mentioned earlier, learning all that empowered her to hold her vendors accountable better and more business owners should do that. You need to know what you're buying. You need to understand when you're marketing your business, what's going on. And another thing outside of technology is people expect brands to do better and to do better in the world and to help others more, right? Not just buy our vehicle because we're Ford, but what is Ford doing to make the world a better place? And so you're gonna see more brand accountability moving forward too. All right, well, hey, I wanna thank everybody for the panel discussion. I think there was excellent insight. Um, you know, uh, we please pay attention to the individual contributions and the individual presentations. They're all uh, unique. They have uh, comments and great wisdom and great insight on career paths, on culture, on leaning in on um, best practices. And so uh, we thank you all for your panel participation. Thank yes, you. Thank you, thank you guys. Christy, you Kylie, guys. Laura, Amy, Bye. thank you all. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. So now thank the individual you. presentations will be coming up. So thank you for listening. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the panel discussion. And now we're going to provide individual presentations by several of our panelists. Please enjoy. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. My name is Christy Ballard. I'm the Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Souls to Senior Living. We are an independent living company based out of Carlsbad, California, and we have 12 or 32, sorry, 32 communities in 12 states. And it's my honor and pleasure to have a few minutes with you to just talk briefly on a topic that is close to my heart called Don't Sell Yourself Short. (laughs) That is going to be my mission today is to uh, try to drive home to anyone who may need to hear it not to sell yourself short. All right. And let me kind of go through, I guess, what I mean by that. When I look back at my career, 
And 20 plus years ago, when I started this journey in senior living, I was a lot younger then and very um, unsure about my future. All I knew is that I wanted to have a bright future and I wanted to be able to make a good living and not worry about money because I struggled uh, growing up financially. My mom was a single mom, got pregnant in high school and she struggled a lot. And I knew that I did not want to repeat history that way. Um, And she taught me a lot of great skills, especially how to continue to persevere and rise above any um, challenges in my life. But when it came to life skills and coping skills, as I was growing up in the senior living industry and encountering what real stress looks like (laughs) in sales, it was hard, you know, because I'm the kind of person and probably many of you are as well, the kind of people that we want to do our best. We want to be the best. We, you know, we want to be the rock star. We want to have our teams become the rock star and, and make sure that they're successful. We, you know, enjoy seeing people exceed their goals and be able to to have pride in what they do and what they bring home to their families. And I know that was a main motivator for me, but with that um, responsibility came in my story, a lack of life skills and coping skills to deal with the negative feelings that I had along the way when it came to just coping with life on life's terms. And you know, when things didn't go my way, (laughs) when we didn't hit our goals, uh, or when I had team members that I believed in that for whatever reason didn't work out and things of that nature. Uh, It was a challenge for me along the way, learning how to deal with that. I grew uh, in the ranks, so to speak, pretty fast. I became a national director of a large company by the time I was 30. And I ended up after a couple of years having to take a step back. Uh, And just, you know, you can't see the forest through the trees. When you're real close to something, you don't know what the problems are. You don't, or, or you may know the problems, but you don't know the solutions. And in hindsight, I can say to you that uh, one of the tools that was mis- that was missing from my toolbox is that I didn't have enough mentors. I didn't have a support network, a group of people that I could call on at any time to be able to bounce things off of them and talk to them openly about what was going on and get their input. So I'm going to ask that question of you. What tools are in your toolbox for when things get tough? And 2020, we've certainly had a lot of getting tough, right? And, you know, that is a really good question, especially now to ask yourself, what tools do you have in your toolbox, especially for when times get tough? Uh, Another aha moment for me is not only did I not have a strong network of people I could lean on, but I wasn't setting boundaries. I mean, plain and simple, I had become what they often refer to as a yes girl. 
I, you know, again, wanted people to like me, wanted to make everybody happy. And I said yes to every request and everything that was asked of me. And it just wasn't humanly possible for me to, to execute successfully everything that I had agreed to. <laughs> uh, so I guess you could say setting boundaries was not a strength of mine back then. And one of the tools that is now in my toolbox is setting healthy boundaries. I am certainly a team player and absolutely want to do all I can, but we have to keep it real, right? We have to make sure that we are setting healthy boundaries. And that was a big learning experience for me in doing so. I had never been taught that. And it was something that I had to learn the hard way, right? And sometimes that's just the way it is. So mentors and having a strong support network, key, also setting boundaries is key. Then, uh, so when everything kind of came to a head for me, I took a step back, as I mentioned before, uh, self-reflection is another tool in my toolbox. You have to pause and no pun intended with the trees in the background, but you have to be able to see the forest through the trees. And again, when you're really close to it, you have to take a step back. And sometimes that means swallowing your pride because when you work as hard as we do and you're striving to reach your goals and to exceed them, it's hard to take steps back. Are you kidding me? This is what I've been working so hard for. Why in the world would I take a step back? Well, sometimes it's necessary. You got to take a few steps back to take more steps forward. <laughs> and and uh, I and that's what I did. And it wasn't necessarily uh, something that I was happy about at the time, but it was necessary and it helped me get to where I am today because it gave me that space to self-reflect and to learn from my mistakes and to learn from the experience. So self-reflection, uh, learning from my mistakes is another tool in my toolbox and not just from you know, self-reflection as, as it relates only to me, but just self-reflection as a whole of whatever it may be that I need to take a closer look at. Then here was the other thing that I uh, was like, really, am I really that controlling? <laughs> I realized what a control freak I was, okay? I, you know, always thought that I empowered other people and invested in them and delegated and I had another aha, wait a minute, I actually am taking on way too much and, can, and being very, very controlling. It was like being a director of a play and trying to make sure everybody memorizes their lines and then getting all whacked out when people <laughs> didn't. Uh, you know, say their lines to a T. Uh, it, it's funny because there's a girl that now works with me that worked with me 15 years ago. And she was like, oh my gosh, Christy, you have changed so much. And I'm happy to say for the better. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, I had a lot of success back then. So what I did was working in the moment, but the tools I have in my toolbox now are tools I can use for the long haul, okay? They're tools that will sustain growth, sustainable growth, not just short-term growth. 
and uh, and retention, right? Because employee retention is critical, especially in today's day and time. We have to really put a lot of effort and time and, and, and thought into how to retain good people. So that was enlightening to, to hear her feedback as well. And so, you know, not being such a control freak, empowering other people, realizing that there is a power greater than myself that I have to put my faith into. Those were all, again, important lessons and tools in my toolbox now. Um, the other part of all this is that, you know, trying to make sure that I was taken seriously, not only as a woman leader, but at that time, not so much now as a younger woman leader, I, you know, was pretty intense and serious and, you know, unsure of how to deliver news when it wasn't good news, right? And what I've come to the realization over all these years is that anything can be said when it's said with kindness and respect, okay? So whatever the content of the conversation, if it's said with kindness and respect, and I always try to reflect and make sure that I'm coming from that place, you know, I can say difficult things and I can address difficult topics and, you know, and keep it real, but do it in a way that is kind and respectful. Okay. And when you do things with kindness and respect and professionalism, you can't go wrong. So that is something that I've learned from one of my favorite people and mentors. His name is Ed. And he suits up and he shows up and everything he does comes from uh, his heart, from a good place. No matter what he needs to address, he just does it with the utmost kindness and the utmost respect. And I've just learned from him that you just can never go wrong with that. So here's what I'm going to leave you with. Okay. Do away with limits for yourself and limits that you place on others. Because the bottom line is, your mind cannot even conceive or comprehend the possibilities that are out there at your fingertips and at the fingertips of those that you support. So dream big. And I think that's what people mean when they say that. Dream big. What does that mean? It means that you are capable of way more than you ever imagined. So if you think something is impossible, you need to change your thinking and realize it is possible. It's just a matter of getting really clear on what is at hand, what needs to be done, work together as a group to identify those steps, work together to be open, honest, and willing as a team to address those things and to do what needs to be done. Self-reflect and make adjustments, whether it's personally and your personal growth or together professionally as a team and move forward, upward and onward, whether we're in a pandemic or not a pandemic, it doesn't matter. We need to approach things with the same um, zealous attitude and the sky is truly the limit. I never imagined my life could be as wonderful as it is today. And I want all of you to, if you're not experiencing your dreams in your reality, I want that for you. And I know it's possible. So looking forward to getting to know everyone better during this Brandology 2021 Female Leadership Summit. And thank you so much for your time. And no matter what you're doing, have fun doing it.
Bye-bye. Hi, everybody. My name is Laura Bailey, and I am a sales manager with Ruth's Chris Steakhouse at the Northside Indianapolis location, uh, Keystone at the Crossing, if you're familiar with that area, um, in the beautiful Ironworks building. And um, I'm here to talk to you today about a couple of topics that I'm very passionate about, uh, a couple of things that are hot topics and things that we discuss in the workplace. One of my favorite is um, to talk about would be the positivity and how it affects uh, productivity within your team. So for me, being able to function as a team, it's ever changing, especially in the restaurant industry. It's leadership teams are always changing. People are switching positions. Um, you get new members to your team and it's constantly evolving. So there's not a single time where you have that kind of perfect flow. I think that um, finding that perfect kind of positive atmosphere is something to strive for, but it shouldn't be something that it, your team is so consumed with changing. If, if your team is spending a lot of the like, majority of their time trying to um, create a positive environment because they feel it's so negative, then something on that team need, or someone or some people on that team need to change. Um, maybe find different seats, different positions, or um, even a new career. You know, with everything going on, having that positive atmosphere, it is challenging during this time. But if your team is spending all of their time focusing on trying to be a good team, they're not focusing on solving issues and um, helping guests or clients or any industry um, and actually doing their job. Um, I have two examples I, I talk to people about and kind of showing the difference in productivity of a team. Um, one being, first scenario, uh, you walk in on a Monday, you've been gone for the weekend, and uh, you exchange pleasantries with your, your coworkers, talk a little bit about your weekend, how everything was, sit down, open up some emails, and maybe an hour or two into catching up on things, um, you have an issue come up. So you're, you walked in, you felt comfortable talking to your coworkers, you have this kind of positive um, temperature going on in the office and, and you go to somebody you know, in another department or a teammate and ask for their opinion or help on solving this issue. You two sit down, take some time together, get it solved, and then move on to the rest of your day. That's scenario number one, and that's actually pretty typical um, for most office environments. Um, scenario two is um, something that you don't necessarily want to happen. It, um, it's, it's, on, it's the opposite. You walk in on a Monday and you sense tension in the air. Everyone has to-do lists that are mile long, and everyone is, it's a high-stress environment, and you sit down, kind of slink over to your desk area, start looking through emails and you have that same issue come up. You're looking through that issue and you, you realize you need to get maybe two or three team members involved in that decision to solve it. You're gonna be a little timid about going to those team members um, because it's you don't wanna ruffle feathers. Um, you're a little nervous about you know bringing another problem to their to-do list. Um, you're going to either put this off or try to make a decision without the correct people involved and um, not be as efficient at making that decision, um, which it, it affects the guest and the client. So that's scenario number two. Which scenario do you think, um, which team is going to get the job done and be more productive? It's going to be the first scenario. Um, coming in on a Monday, feeling comfortable with your team, um, being pleasant with them, cordial, 
talking a little bit and then feeling like you can approach them with an issue and really collaborate. And collaboration is a huge thing in getting issues done. Um, the reason you're on a team is because you bring something to the table, um, but you also have other team members to help support you um, with their different opinions as well. Um, so this is a huge, 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 um, to me, issue when you spend, again, a lot of time on one negative team member or negative environment and your focus is really on that when it should be on the task at hand and working together and collaborating. Um, the next topic that I want to talk about is um, actually very appropriate for the year 2020 is um, being able to lead in a crisis. So um, I'm going to speak on behalf of what I went through at the restaurant industry at my level um, back in March when we were given the order to shut down the basically in restaurant dining. So we could only do carry out. Um, from that moment, all of our staff except uh, nine managers, uh, we were left to basically run all of the inner workings of the restaurant. Um, this led, you know, this led me immediately to doing tasks that I have never done before. Um, you know, ringing in food orders, um, learning how to do certain things back of house and prep things. I would spend some days, I'd spend hours in the dish tank washing dishes to help out and um, help out my team. Um, this to me was where we were able to shine the most as a leadership team. Not having the support of our staff who was there hourly and were professionals in their positions um, made us have to put on many different hats. Uh, sometimes it wasn't very comfortable to do. Um, I wasn't comfortable doing some things just because I wasn't very knowledgeable of it. Um, but you know, we had to put those hats on in order to function as a team and keep the restaurant going. Um, during the time of the pandemic, we provided a meal program for our employees. We, um, we created meals that served up to four people and employees could come through Monday through Friday and drive up and pick up these meals for their families. This was a remarkable thing that our corporate office had um, given us directive to do because it, it had affected so many of our staff members who were no longer working or um, able to cook for their families. And not only that, they were able to drive up and get these meals and see us as a management and leadership team doing roles that we weren't comfortable in. And it actually gained us a lot of respect as a management team. Um, our staff members pulled up and they saw us laughing and joking around and working hard, but having kind of fun doing it and just getting through it. And throughout the few months that we were doing carry out only, our staff saw us having fun and persisting. Um, our franchise group, uh, Prime Hospitality Group, they own us in six other Roos Chris locations. Um, they came up with a hashtag called Prime Persistence. And we all wore t-shirts with the Roos Chris logo. And um, we had a lot of fun posting pictures of those on social media showing a lot of our staff members that we're still going strong and we still have hope. And we, most of all, still cannot wait for them to step foot back in the restaurant and come back to a safe environment. Um, yeah, I think leading in crisis sometimes doesn't mean you have to have all the answers. I think it just means you have to show confidence that you will find those answers as a team and confidence in the ability that you'll get through this crisis. It, you shouldn't basically, this is a kind of an old saying, but don't let them see you sweat. Um, and I, I think we 
we kind of followed that guidance throughout the whole time. Um, the whole process is as stressful as it was for all of us to change roles. Um, we never let them see us sweat. We always had a smile on. We were always here to support our team and staff. And um, we did always encourage safe, um, safe social distancing and sanitation practices and um, really came through as leaders. And I think that in leading through a crisis, again, it's not knowing the exact answer or when everything will end or when it will be better, but it's to show your team that you will be there to support them throughout that. So um, those are just two topics that I was really passionate about. And I really, really just am very thankful for David and Mark for um, allowing and asking me to be um, featured on this summit because I think I, I, I don't know how much of an expert I am at any of this, but I do enjoy talking about it. And I do have a passion for um, the workplace and the dynamics that go on and um, leadership and really kind of developing that leadership team. So thank you all so much. Hi, I'm Amy Torres, owner and director of Marketing Inc. Thanks for having me today. I'm excited to share a few tidbits about me, my processes and our company and how we help others. So my first topic today is time management. So if you can conquer time management, you can put so much peace back in your life. So two years ago, I moved back to a paper planner and I absolutely love it. I still use my Google Calendar, but I plan everything on both the Google Calendar and my paper planner. Now, why has the paper planner made such an impact? It is so refreshing to go back at the end of the day and look at everything you've accomplished. You'll lose that scratching out that task when you're using a Google Calendar. Yeah, you can click your task flag off the project, but having your paper planner allows you to project block time and add everything in that you need to get done. I use my purple planner for personal, family, work and any other activities that we want to do and everything is written down. So grab some beautiful colorful ink pens, plan out your day, plan out your week, plan out your month and let that kind of guide you in your business. We typically suffer uh, with anxiety a little bit more as women. So having a plan helps alleviate some of that anxiety. I know we wake up every morning, we think about the thousand things we have to do today, right? So that's okay. Put all of those tasks in your book. And as you mark them off, you feel so accomplished. Take time to breathe as well. I use my calendar to block out my Sundays. Sundays are my day to go to church and to rest. I don't work unless there's a little emergency. On occasion, we have to jump in for a customer. But protect that day and protect you. If you're well rested, you can conquer the week ahead. Uh, also, look at your planner, not only from a week at a glance, but look at the just the day. You know, take your hardest task that you need to get done, put that first thing in the morning, and then make your task as you go out throughout the day easier or things that you enjoy doing or like to do more of. That's a great way to plan out your time. Um, I love to be efficient. No one as a business owner likes to work 80 hours a week. We all do it at times. But if you can get really efficient in your task and organize your week, um, keep your repetitive things on your Google Calendar, but then still write them down in your paper planner as well. You will feel so much more relieved. I used to wake up Monday morning thinking I'm never going to be able to get done today what I need to get done. But having a plan has allowed me to accomplish all of those tasks and those goals and also helps me bring peace. So at dinner time Monday night, I'm not thinking about everything I didn't get done because I 
marked off what I had done for the day. My next topic is about more about marketing. So we work with a ton of small businesses uh, at Director of Marketing Inc. And one thing we tell our customers is, what is your story? And what do you want your story to be, right? So thinking about who your audience is and why your business exists will help you draft your story. So you wanna tell your business story in an impactful way to engage your prospective customers and your current customers. You know, you never wanna go at talking about your business in a sales breathy kind of way. And what do I mean by sales breath? Where it's all about you, it's focused on you, it's how great your company is. The person doesn't care how great your customer services until they know how much you care. So keep that in mind. If you're at networking events, try to tell your story in a way that's sharing how you've helped other people, especially since we're all online these days. You know, a lot of times you're intimidated and you're not sure what to say and that's okay. A great way to start is to go back and ask your customers, why did you choose to do business with us? Your customers can help stimulate your story. What you're really selling is feelings, status, and connection. You're not selling your widget. You're not selling your service. You are selling a problem-solving solution to your customer and their needs and their wants. So take that perspective on when you're trying to draft your sales story. You also wanna find people with serving. You know, 10 years ago, none of us would have thought we'd be picking up our groceries in the parking lot and having the local Walmart Kroger staff fill our trunks with them, right? So they found a new audience of people we're serving in a change worth making because our circumstances have changed a lot this past year in 2020. So find people we're serving. Is there a new product or service offering that you can provide that is worth a change in the marketplace? Keep your brand and your story simple. You know, I tell people to draft a headline. Headlines are sometimes better known as slogans. So slogans you're familiar with like Nike, just do it. Apple, think different. Wendy's, where's the beef? L'Oreal, because you're worth it. M&Ms, melt your mouth, not in your hands. De Beers, a diamond is forever. Those are well-known slogans or headlines that large companies use. Any company can come up with their slogan or their headline. So our slogan for Director of Marketing Inc. is we're the small business storyteller. Um, if we're at a networking event, we add we're the small business storyteller telling your story one post at a time. So there's little levels you'll bring in to your headline and your slogans as you develop it. Creating a great business story needs to be in a three-step process. So people think in patterns and three is the lowest number of units that can establish a pattern. Um, I read the book, uh, The Storyteller's Secret. It's about TED Talks. And in that book specifically, they talk about how movie directors say lights, camera, action. The race director says, ready, set, go. Fire safety, stop, drop, and roll. These are all things embedded in our minds that is in that process of three units. So when you are thinking about what your customers want, you want to determine what are the three features they will care about most and make that your three-step story. So if you're a financial investor and you want someone to sign up with you so you can manage their money, what top reasons to invest with you is it? You know, if you're a problem solver, you solve problems for businesses in the B2B world, what's your best three ideas to solve their problem? You know, 
if you're a gym owner, what's three reasons why that customer will be rewarded if they sign up with your gym and with your instructors, right? So give them reasons in threes. You also don't want to overwhelm someone with like, I have 51 ideas. Yeah, we have tons of ideas, but they're not always best suited for customers and you can overwhelm them. So keep it simple in any proposal or um, project that you're working on. When you stick to three, it accomplishes three things. It offers a simple template to structure your story. It simplifies your story so your audience can remember its key messages. And it leads to the ultimate goal of persuasion. You want that person to take action. You want them to sign up with your company. You want them to move forward. So keep it simple. Some things you can think about is identify your brand's core purpose. Again, why does your business exist? And how does it help people and solve problems? You can use simple words and analogies. You want to tell authentic and personal stories. Again, if you are out at any event, telling a story about how you help someone, obviously if you need to keep it confidential, keep it confidential, but still tell the story, protect the person involved. Yeah, you want to break your story into three parts. You want to use pictures. Reframe the story you also tell yourself about your business and your service. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. So again, Lay out why did you go in business? Why do you do to help other people and focus on that? And then practice your storytelling and your presentation often so it becomes very natural part of who you are. Uh, if you ever would like the Storyteller's Checklist, I highly suggest the Storyteller's Secret Book by Carmen Gallo. It's a great place to start. Um, thank you very much for your time today and I wish you much success. Bye. My name is Kylie Foster. I have enjoyed the last 25 years in corporate America, 12 of those most recently being in leadership roles. Currently, I am one of the managing partners at the Moxie Group. We are a marketing and consulting firm. I am also an independent sales consultant. I'm extremely excited about participating on this panel. I truly hope that the Female Leadership Summit provokes great questions and even better conversation. My ability to lead really stems from my participation in sports. I got involved at a very early age, around six, and continued to play athletics through my college years. I was very lucky to have leaders along the way who mentored me, from my parents who had a business for 30 years, to coworkers and teammates who pushed me, and coaches who, while very tough on me, always had my best interest in mind. Sports also reminded me how important it is to have a voice, but also more important to use that voice to help others. What I didn't realize is how often I would have to redefine what success meant for me. If you have not sat down and created your definition of success, I would strongly encourage that you do this today. This exercise is extremely important for every professional but especially female leaders. We must be adamant about determining what success means to us. Letting others tell you how to achieve success will likely end in discontent. So many professionals feel to be successful, you must work 24 seven. You must live and breathe it. Some feel that they can use intimidation to get results out of coworkers or subordinates. Others feel you must win every deal in order to provide great value 
to your company. One thing that was constant for me is success meant doing things I was passionate about. It's a verb, it's a living thing. We must put aside the fear of winning and losing and truly be present in the moment and enjoy what we are doing. My definition also includes experiencing other emotions, anger, excitement, curiosity, all of those are important as I want to be multidimensional. Success for me is connecting with customers, empowering change, and serving those who have similar goals. I enjoy being multidimensional. And when you surround yourself with others who have similar goals, you will find you will get the respect you deserve and the determination to accomplish things you never thought were possible. I am always asked if you can have it all. My answer is yes but not all at once. If you are not laser focused on your task at hand, your results can be marginalized. However, I encourage you to surround yourself with professionals who will give you the respect you deserve, the determination to accomplish things you never thought were possible, and the ability to enjoy all layers of life, professionally and personally. Hey everyone, Mark and I are really grateful you guys listen and download. We're trying to make this season even better with brand stories and cool interviews with uh, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and things from behind the scenes that we just can't find anywhere else. We're trying to make this something we ourselves enjoy listening to. Do us a favor, please leave us a review. When you go into Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, just shoot us a review. That really matters and it helps us keep this going. Again, thanks for listening. Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up. No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe. Turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for listening. <laughs>